<laughs> he always surprises me. <laughs> you gotta keep you on your toes. Yeah, for real. I've been trying to make you love me. Huh? You'll see. <laughs> but everything I try just takes you further from me. This is the same Someday Someday Oh yeah? Yeah <laughs> I wanna Lay down Like I did Sunday This is on the latest song? Nah, no, this is on the Yeah, album Yeah, like some albums ago I remember three songs Sunday That way Yeah Way, way Sunday Someday, I want to sacrifice Sunday. I want to hit the red That was a joke. Today. I've been trying to make you. Surprised you a little bit with the sample there, huh? Yeah, oh, I try my, my dude. Best, try my always best. with the gym. <laughs> I try my best. I try my best. Well, <laughs> as always, uh, welcome to Infused Influence. I am one of your hosts, Harry, as always, here with the Ulysses. And as always, I let Ulysses introduce the guests, as always. Oh, for sure. So we got a special guest today. Had some trouble pronouncing her last name. <laughs> Whether or not it was her real last name or not, because I get that often too, right? Yeah. Well, today we got Megan Bud. <laughs> you know, Megan Bud is can't a CPA, even lie. <laughs> right? And yeah. like, yeah. So how often do you get that? Is oh that really that? And you work in cannabis? Yeah. So a lot of people are scared to ask me, like, is is that your real name? And eventually they do. I'm like, yeah, no, that's actually my real name. <laughs> oh my goodness. So what was it? What it was, was meant to be. What was it like growing up with that last name? So it's actually my married oh, name. Okay, oh wow. Yeah. Yep, so yep. I kept it after the divorce and yeah. then I got into cannabis and was like, oh, it's fake. It works. I feel like, like a loser. I have like young blood and bud and then I just have like a dancer. Like, no, yeah. no, no. Such a regular last name. <laughs> so <laughs> actually you're, I spoke with some, some guys I knew your cousin, which was cool. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. He oh. said he played soccer with him. Oh, yeah. My cousin was nice at soccer back in the day. Yeah, yeah he was bro. a force. He was a force. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, we got Megan Bud today. She's a CPA, and it's just very special to have her because she's a finance and accounting mind. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's very important when it comes to cannabis. So, um, tell us how you got into being a CPA, and then, you know, what made you want to get into cannabis as well? Yeah, so funny story, my undergrad is actually in equine business management, which is an animal science and business degree. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> swear to God. And um, I, I got out of college and was like, yeah, uh, I love my degree, but I can't do anything with this. So went back to school for my master's. My dad was a CPA and kind of guided me that way. I was like, dad, you hate your job. Like, why would I want to do that? <laughs> he was like, no, just trust me. So went into that, got my master's, and then went through all my exams to, to be um, a certified public accountant and got a job at a public accounting firm. 
Moved a couple times, ended up at Markham. I've been there about eight years now and wow. just got into cannabis in really the last year and a half. That's amazing. Yeah. So shout out to dad for right? sure. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know. Like, thanks, dad. You were right. So. <laughs> yeah. Is he still CPA? He's retired now. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Man, I took plenty of accounting classes just because I personally failed them. And I know for a fact that there's a gift that people have, like yeah. yourself. Cause that stuff that was hard for me actually ended up like paying a buddy of mine to yeah. do to help me with less than like it as a tutor, but he took some tests for me as well. <laughs> <laughs> we'll save that though. Um, so yeah, so yeah, I mean, personally, I just what do you exactly do on a day to day basis? Because I, I everybody here is CPA, and like, yeah. what's your what's your day to day? thing that you do yeah so i am an auditor and okay. that scares everybody because they always assume that i'm an irs auditor yeah. and i always tell them nope not an auditor for the irs i'm, I'm okay um so a public accounting firm is is basically they do a, a bunch of different services but um i do financial audits so a company will hire me to come in and perform an audit of their financial statements and typically it's because they need it for a certain reason so a lot of times it's in a non-cannabis organization. It's because they have bank debt and they're required to get an audit every year. Um, it could be a regulatory uh, a regulatory requirement. Or right now I'm doing a lot of cannabis audits that are looking to take it to the next level and potentially go public. Okay. So they have to get audits in order for their investors um, to gain more capital and to potentially go public. Mergers and acquisitions as Lots well? Lots of mergers and acquisitions. Yeah, it's the, it's the hot topic right now, especially in cannabis. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just, um, yeah, so they call them M&A transactions, right. and um, they're everywhere. We're seeing them constantly, especially with cannabis. You guys do evaluate, like, business valuations as well? We do, yeah. So I don't personally do it. But I have a group that does that, and they do a lot of valuations with cannabis licenses, especially with these M&A transactions. So, you know, I'm going to go to Florida. I want to buy this license. How much is it worth? Mm. And so he does all of his little tools, and it's funny because even within my firm, like, there's people, I'm like, yeah, I know they do that. I don't know what they do, but I know they mm. do that. Right, right. <laughs> so we have... We're set up in very specialized forms. So, like, I do audit. We have a tax department. We have advisory that does consulting work. And then we have valuation. We have information technology auditors. Mm. Um, so we have all different groups. Interesting. So how, how long has your firm been standing? And, and then uh, how big is the cannabis division? Of cannabis it? is pretty big. Mm. Um, so Markham has been around... God, I should know this off the top of my head, but a long time. Mm. Um, and we've been doing cannabis since probably about 2012, mm. but oh, it's wow. really been focused more on the West Coast. Obviously, they're much farther along than us over here. Mm. Um, so a lot in the West Coast, Chicago office, New York office. Um, and then recently with New England picking up steam, you know, we're, we're just really trying to gain some market share up here and started mm. working with um, companies up in this way. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, super excited about where New England's going with this. Yeah, yeah. Especially, I'm from Connecticut, so I'm super excited that Connecticut just went legal in July, and um, they're gearing up for the next level, so it's going to be pretty exciting. So do, do you find yourself, um, you know, looking, I guess, or at least reaching out to folks on the, on the West Coast? As opposed to, since they're so far along, or like, are you leading in New England? Um, so I'm in charge of the New England Industry Group for Markham, mm. and but I have um, other partners and directors that are in the other offices that I go to all the time because mm. they're just much farther along with some of the work that we've done, and if they've seen it all, mm. you know, so they've seen from these small startups all the way to these giant like. 
conglomerates now that are just insane and like taking over the industry. Mm. So they've had experience in all of it. Um, yeah. Do you see people in your company, um, if they did have a stigma, what they felt like the cannabis industry was, kind of lose that stigma while working and coming into these businesses and seeing what yeah, they actually do? Yeah, definitely. So there was, for a while, um, we were getting offered work in related to cannabis, and we were turning it down because they didn't want to be involved in the business. And this was quite a few years ago. Um, and then I think they realized, okay, there's there's a way to get the work done and not put us as a firm at risk. Um, you know, it's still federally illegal, so there are risks involved. But, you know, we just saw the opportunity and decided to get into it. But definitely, the more we work on it, the, the more it reduces the stigma with it. Um, we still have it even within our offices. Um, you know, I've had people who I've scheduled on jobs and they'll come to me and say, I can't work on this job. It's against my beliefs, either for religious or personal reasons. And I'm like, okay, like everybody, you know, you do you. Um, I'll find somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> like, and then you've got the most of people who are like, yes, I totally want to do this. Okay, okay. So we just focus on that. I mean, I think that's just like, oh, I don't want to say insane because everybody has their own beliefs. So I, I'm not, there's no judgment zone here. But I'm like, if you were asked to audit a liquor store, mm. I'm sure you would say there would be no problem. Yeah. Right? Which, I mean, I haven't really heard of any cannabis-related, like, deaths. <laughs> but I yeah. hear a lot of, you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, right. yeah. Stuff from alcohol. So I'm like... There's still, mm. I mean, you guys know, there's still so much stigma in the industry and mm. what people believe, um, you know, cannabis to be and what, you know, their old school thoughts on it. I mean, mm. especially in Connecticut, you know, all the towns are going through the process of determining if they're going to allow dispensaries in. So I watch mm. a lot of the the meetings and it's like if I hear one more person say it's a gateway drug, mm. I'm going to scream. Mm. You know, it's just, it's just an old school, you know, mentality. Mm. And some of those people, quite honestly, you're never going to get there. And, mm. you know, you're just going to have to ride that out until this, you know, younger generation comes up and realizes that there's a place for it in this world. And whether Die. you like it for <laughs> recreational purposes or for the medicinal purposes, mm. it's, it's here and it's here to stay. And, it's a billion-dollar industry. Yeah, and growing. I, I feel like sometimes oh, yeah. it's hard to, because um, we're in it every day. Yeah. But sometimes you get slapped with these stories, and you're just like, shut up. Well, yeah. I, I just want to speak to the listeners. Like, I, I, at this point, we've done this enough times that I can consider you guys family. It's not a gateway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, no. I, I'm telling you right now, I, yeah. I know people that use cannabis i personally have used cannabis right. multiple times right. i've never multiple. thought to use anything else like i don't i don't right. wake up and, oh man i need this next crazy the rush next like yeah in fact this is the opposite though. <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah i mean not to get too scientific here but personal stories of people who have used it to get off of opioids yes you know what i mean yeah so it's like absolutely and anybody that's you know ever had an interaction with opioids knows like that is a physical addiction right. i mean mm -hmm. Either it's, you know, it's mental, it's physical, your body just craves it. It's, cannabis is just not the same. Yeah, right. Yeah. In alcohol, same way. Yeah. Same you way. Have yeah. withdrawals. Yep. They're functioning alcoholics, for sure. 100%, 100%. Yeah. 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 Just, yeah. Um, so, I'm not going to ask that because we talked about this earlier. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Appreciate it. I got you, I got you. Oh, wait, wait, what is it? No, we'll talk about it after the show. We'll talk about it after the show. <laughs> But 
what are some of the, just like the basic pitfalls that you see with like cannabis operators um, when it comes to just like financial information? I know Ulysses is new into the cannabis industry and I'm sure you have a lot of some, you know, Dude, so I already told you I failed a bunch of accounting <laughs> classes. You know what I'm saying? So what are some of the things that you see and um, what are some things you can yeah, advise? Absolutely. So the biggest thing that I see, especially with first time, like, you know, startup operations and, and just that are in their early phases is not putting enough emphasis on the financial reporting. So mm. you're so excited to start your business, start selling, you know, start getting your goals accomplished. But and finance and the operations is, is looked at as like an afterthought. Mm. Um, and it really needs to be looked at as your primary goal because it really, everything comes off of your financials, right? So that turns into your taxes and how you're going to pay your taxes and keeping you out of trouble with the IRS. Mm. Um, making sure that you have the, all the policies in place to control, you know, everything that you're you're doing. So your inventory control, your costing. Um, so people aren't putting enough emphasis on it. And, you know, so they start their business, they're a couple years in, they've got terrible financial mm. records. Mm. And then you get an opportunity where, you know, somebody comes in and wants to buy you or merge with you. And all of a sudden you're like, yeah, here are my records. Um, mm. And they're like, in my world, they're unauditable. So I can't go back. And now we've got to spend all of this time focusing on putting back together three, four years of financial records mm. where if it was a priority from the beginning, right. you'd be in a much stronger position as a company. So that's what I would say. Um, you know, a lot of times with uh, early owners, it's the sticker shock. I'm not going to lie, it costs money, mm. um, you know, but what's unique in cannabis is because you don't have regular bank debt, um, there's really no requirement to get an audit. So until you kind of get to that point where you want a, a transaction or somebody's looking to purchase you, there's no requirement for it. So most people are like, oh, it's not required. I'm not going to do it. Mm. Um, and that can be a mistake because even if you do... So in the financial world and my world, there's different levels of work that we can do. So there's compilations, reviews, and audits. Compilation is like, you give me your numbers, I put it into a financial, it looks pretty mm. useless. Reviews are, I'm going to come in, I'm going to analytically test stuff, um, I'm going to look at it, make sure it's reasonable, but that's really it. I'm not like saying, yeah, your financials are not, we call it materially misstated, meaning that your numbers are pretty sound. So that's kind of the mid-level. Um, where at minimum, you know, it would be a really good idea for, for companies to start getting that level and get ready for audit level, which is like, I'm coming in and I'm looking at everything. So I'm looking to make sure that, you know, you say you have this much in cash, you have this much in inventory, you have this much in receivables. I'm going to verify that all of that is true. I'm going to look at your compliance. I'm going to make sure that you're in compliance with all the regulations. Um, you know the CCC, they've got lists of regulations. Yeah. And, you know, we need to make sure that you're in compliance with it. So that would probably be, I think, the biggest thing is just not focusing enough on the financial piece of it. Mm -hmm. All right. What do you consider, well, I, that's a two-part question. What do you consider unauditable? <laughs> He's like, oh, God. Okay. <laughs> no, not me. Um, so your, your, your box of records and invoices okay. is unaudible. But so really, it's like if you don't have the proper controls for your inventory management, where you're hmm. like not reconciling from you know, your sales. So every state has their own reporting system that you're required to use. So mm. Massachusetts is metrics. And so making sure that your financial records ties out to your metric report. So you have to give the CCC your metric reports and be able to account for all of your inventory 
you need to make sure that your financial records match that. Hmm. So not you know reconciling between the two, um, that's really probably one of the biggest things because it's hard to go back two or three years and put together your inventory of all of your sales and hmm. like, okay, what happened to this pre-roll? Where did this go in the hmm. system? Hmm. Now you've got to go back and try to remember three years ago. Hmm. So unaudible means that they just don't have the records, records um, yeah. that are necessary in order to make sure that I can verify that that number is true. Right, right. And then the second part of the question is, you know, you work for a larger firm. I guess the, the biggest thing that comes to mind is the resources before operations or even during operations. Do you feel it doesn't matter how large, you know what I mean? Like you might work with a billionaire or a small startup like us. Yeah. Right? Like is there a... I guess, uh, do you see it more on the smaller business or do you see it more on the larger business? Um, both. So just because you're a large company doesn't mean you have good financial records. Mm. Um, it could, I could find a smaller company that's got impeccable records because right. they put that emphasis from the beginning. They mm. got somebody who was in there doing their books every month who knew cannabis, mm. who knew what they needed to do. Mm. Um, and it starts right from the beginning. So like when you set up your financial accounting system, you have, it's called your chart of accounts, right? Mm. So that's all of your accounts and they're all coded properly. Setting that up the right way, because if that's not set up the right way, that then in turn goes into your tax return. You mess up that tax return, the IRS is coming. Yeah. So, you know, you can talk to anybody out in California. The IRS has started doing their, their reviews and their mm. audits on cannabis companies out west. So it's only a matter of time before they come east. Mm -hmm. Man, shout out to Andy right now. <laughs> Some of these words that she's using, Andy's yeah, like, it's, it's yelled months ago. So I feel confident that we're yeah. doing the right thing. Good, yeah. good. Um, what are some of the worst, and obviously you don't have to say the company or anything like that, but yeah. what are some of the worst financial records you've seen in cannabis? And were they fixable? Uh, mm. Yeah, I mean, they're always fixable. It's mm. just a matter of how long it's going to take okay. to fix it. Okay. So it's really just a matter of just not having the proper support. So, you know, if I say, okay, this is what your inventory number has, you know, show me the records behind it. And, and they can't show me a listing of what makes up that inventory number. Mm. And they can't do it for last year. Now it's like, oh, God, okay, now we've got to try to recreate some of this. So, mm. I mean, on a, on a cannabis company, you know, a retail location like this, your chart of accounts isn't huge. You know, you only have so many accounts, but they can easily go. Um, they can easily go awry very quickly. Mm -hmm. So, and and you know, when you are entering into something like an M and A transaction. Mm -hmm. You know, they want to see going back a couple years. So it's not like just the last year. They're going to want to see a couple years. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and now investors are even starting to get more savvy. So mm -hmm. as, as companies are going and trying to do more capital calls and get money for their organizations, investors are starting to say, okay, well, I want to see your audited financials. Mm -hmm. I, I know that you've got your, you know, information out of QuickBooks, but I want to see that it's audited. I want mm -hmm. to see somebody else has looked at it. Mm -hmm. Oh, all right. Interesting stuff. That's good. That's good. Mm -hmm. um, what are some like accounting areas uh, you see are like the biggest risk for like cannabis industry? Yeah. So, I mean, cash. I mean, cash is king. Everybody knows that. But cannabis is a cash industry. Yeah. Um, you know, you can't use credit cards. You can use debit cards. But still, mm. at the end of the day, it's cash. So making sure that you've got controls over that cash mm. is so important. Make sure you're reconciling it every day, you know, at the end of every business day to your metric report so it matches up with your sales. Um, you know, that's preventing, um, that's just keeping your books and records clean, but you also have to have your theft controls because obviously cash can walk out the door pretty easily. Mm. Um, so that's definitely a big one. I talked about inventory management. 
Um, you know, just setting up your financial records, taxes, it's a huge, mm. huge area of, of concern for most people. Yeah, yeah, we just, you know, it's the end of the year. I got to see <sighs> what we're paying yeah, the feds. So. Yeah, you get a little <laughs> nervous. What, dude? Yeah, stupid. yeah, and, and, and taxes are so unique with, with cannabis. So yeah. it's not like a traditional tax return where, you know, in a traditional tax return, you've got, you know, your, your revenue, your, your business um, revenue, and then you've got your operating expenses that you can deduct mm. to reduce your... Your overall tax liability right. of what you're gonna pay. Now, er, cannabis says no. <laughs> this is the 280, bro. This yeah. is the 280. <laughs> so that's like, <laughs> what is that? Tell us what's the biggest. <laughs> right. So 280 is like the biggest buzzword in cannabis, right? Everybody talks about 280, 280. So it's really simple. So 280 is just an IRS section code. So you get a tax accountant in here, they will spew like tax codes to you all day long. Right. But basically it goes back to almost the Reagan, I think the Reagan administration. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And because cannabis is still a federally illegal drug, it's a, mm. a schedule one drug, it basically says you can't deduct operating expenses when you're when you're participating in illegal activities. Mm -hmm. So even though your state is legalized it and you're okay to operate your business, from a federal level, they're like, nope, can't do it. So you know, in a normal business, you've got your revenue minus your operating expenses. That gets your net income. That's what you're going to pay your um, taxes on. For a cannabis industry, you're going to have your revenue. The only thing that you can deduct is what they call cost of goods Good. sold. Mm -hmm. And what they allow to go into cost of goods sold is minimal, right. especially for a retail location. So mm -hmm. a cultivator can, can deduct a lot more because it's what's going into making that product mm -hmm. um, and selling that product. For manufacturer too? Yeah. Manufacturer too. Mm -hmm. um, That's us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but for a retail location, you know, all you can really deduct is like what the cost of it was and, you know, potentially some shipping costs, but that's mm. really it. There's, mm. there's not much else. So for a cannabis owner versus a regular business owner, you're paying, you know, almost three and a half times what a normal business organization mm, is going to pay in taxes. Mm, mm. So, Stupid. you know, it's, it's crazy and, and people want to get creative and, and try to do different things. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, it's, you can't, yeah. you just can't because it's going to come back to you. Let me, let me ask you, there was a firm we had a call with maybe like three or four months ago. And are you familiar with the delivery license? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, basically that firm was saying that since the delivery uh, courier is ultimately not like, I guess like touching the plant and they're more of a service that mm -hmm. that ta tax liability is different than a retailer. What is, what is your perspective on that? I'd honestly have to look at that. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to speak off the cuff uh, and, right, and give right. anybody bad advice. Uh, well, uh, only because by disclosure, I am not a tax accountant. Gotcha. So um, I'd have to look at that, but yeah, you you'd be very, have to be very careful. And this goes back into like, your corporate structure, right? right. Of, right. you know, do you have one corporation that is everything is funneled through? It's do you have it set up as multiple corporations? Right. Um, you know, so that's where we, it gets a little iffy because people say like, oh, well, I'm selling merch out of my, my retail location, so I can right. deduct all that. Right. Nope, still under that same business. So yeah. that was a, you know, a huge issue with a big case that that's, you know, nationally known in, in cannabis that mm. just because you're doing another service, if it's running through that same company. So mm. that's where, again, the initial setup of a company, it gets mm. really important of making sure that your structure is set up properly to help minimize the, the tax liability that you're going to get. You're smart for saying that because at the time, what he was saying is that someone that has a standalone courier license 
would mitigate a little bit differently than we would right. who has a retail. Exactly. Right? So at the end of the day, we were just like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> so exactly. Because you're, you're, um, you're putting it all under the one, the right. one company. Right. Yeah. Right, so right. it changes the game. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. Which is why, you know, related parties is, is a big issue because you've got multiple companies and there's, you know two brothers on this one and then the father and the mother on this one and, and mm. there's a lot of like family stuff and, and people who are common ownership among different companies so you just need to make sure that it's it's properly set up so getting somebody to look at that structure is really important mm. now you mentioned you're not a tax accountant what kind i'm of, not what kind of accountant so are right so every time i say that i'm a cpa everyone's like oh i got a tax question for you i'm like mm. you could totally ask it to me but i'm not going to be able to answer it because i don't know taxes so to get your cpa license you have to pass four different exams one of them is tax mm. i studied enough to pass the exam mm. and as soon as i walked out it went right out of my brain um i don't even do my own taxes how embarrassing okay. <laughs> most auditors actually don't okay hilarious. okay yeah. yeah so my dad was a tax cpa so he still does my taxes you still get the good yeah okay, there you yeah go, there you go. so yeah everybody assumes that as a cpa you know like everything about everything i don't i don't know the tax code yeah. So what why. kind of accountant are you? <laughs> so I'm an auditor. So I'm a oh, financial okay. auditor. Yeah. yeah. So gotcha. so my world, I live in like accounting standards and accounting right. guidance, whereas right. like a tax person lives in like tax standards, you right. know, tax codes. Right. Did you know all that, bro? Uh, no, but I do have a friend that does... He's an accountant as well, but I don't yeah. think he does taxes either. Yeah. So I'm like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and how many times have you asked him a tax question? <laughs> Actually, to be honest, I've never asked him a tax question. All right. But that's just because I'm just like, I mean. You're like, I don't have any questions. <laughs> I feel like if he knew something, he would I'll openly you. Say, say it, you know? So it's, yeah, that's yeah. usually how it goes. No, that's what it, it happens all the time. Everybody just assumes like, oh, you know, you know taxes. I'm like, no. Thank you for choosing Infuse Influence a podcast carried in Major Bloom. Enjoy part two of our interview with Megan Budd. You want me, you want me to pause? Yeah, keep, keep okay, well, all right, we're <laughs> um, Honestly, I was going to ask you, um, when it comes to, so like we do a podcast here, right? Mm -hmm. And you were talking about how if it's under the same company, under the same business, it's taxed the same. If we were to get, like, you know, sponsored or something like that, how would that be audited? Yeah, so if, if you were going to do your podcast as like an actual business, start with sponsorship revenue, then I would say you would probably want to look at that to potentially set up a different company Except, to okay. run that through. Oh, perfect. Yeah, because then that would operate as, even though you're talking about cannabis, it would still operate as a, a traditional business. Okay. So you, wouldn't, you would reduce that tax liability. But if you ran it through your cannabis business, that all that revenue you get, that's going to be taxed the same way. Okay, and we would still be able to say Major Bloom... Or no? Yeah, probably. Okay, makes yeah. sense. Makes sense. Makes sense. And I did have another question. Okay. For the people who, who people who are the lawmakers. <laughs> yeah. How much easier would it be on you, and on us, for us to be able to use credit cards? Oh my God, so much easier. <laughs> yeah. I mean that, and that just boils into. I mean, to be able to use credit cards would change everything, right? Because that would mean that it would open up the banking industry. You could bank anywhere. You you know, people wouldn't be having their accounts shut down because they've got some kind of cannabis in the name of their account. Um, so it would change everything. And, you know, with that would go with more, I mean, it's kind of, 
there's all different legislations that are out there right now. Um, you know, one is the safe banking, which is really trying to get it so that major banking institutions can operate with cannabis um, and without the fear of their accounts being shut down. But the other ones are, you know, just the overall federal decriminalization and then federal legalization. So that would change a lot. Do, okay. you, do you feel that the Safe Banking Act would open things up? And it seems kind of obvious, but like, would 280E be dropped with the Safe Banking Act? I don't think 280 is no. going. No, oh, I think okay. 280E is going to stick around until it goes federally. Wow. Or the or schedule. they can get it off as a substance, as right. a Schedule One drug. So maybe. So if they can get it off Schedule One, then that's going to change. That's really right. what's what's you know driving it to be this 280E issue. Right. Right. And bro, just so you know, the 280 <laughs> is why so many businesses, including ours, like maneuver things. Like, I don't know if you've ever, um, like, we have we have used Leaf Logics, and that's where you know our team clocks in and out. And because we have a manufacturer's license, like, it's it's di- it's different. You've like, got to code your employees right. to the right one. So, like, if they're working as a bud tender. That time has to go here, but right. if they're working in the manufacturing side, that time's got to be allocated here, which mm-hmm. is what goes all into your, you know, your chart of accounts and how you're allocating right. things, because that's going to change your tax liability, because that time that they're spending in manufacturing is different. Their bud tending time doesn't matter. That's mm. all going to be... Mm. Not deducted. Yeah, it's not yeah. deducted, but their manufacturing time is different. So then... Now you got to take one person's time card and break it down. Right. So, you know, having them in different departments and then coding those departments to the right place makes a big difference. Is the tax deduction, the, like, tax deduction from it, um, like, the same so the person's not going to get paid any different for being Yeah, there? it doesn't yeah. affect the employee. Mm, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. It's just when it's time to pay taxes, it affects the business. Okay. Yeah, okay. it's on the business side. So yeah. it's, it's basically another expense that you can take that top line of all your revenue and deduct it right. so that it lowers what you made, yeah. right? And that's what you made is what you're going to pay taxes on. Okay. See, but that's the thing that I honestly don't understand is like, I guess it goes back to what the government considers like illegal. How is cultivation and manufacturing not the same as retail? I know, it's crazy. Because yeah. it all just goes into, you know, for cultivation, you can you can deduct like the water and the right. electricity and Normal everything stuff. that's going into to make that product. But with retail, you're not like making the product. So they're they're looking at it differently. That's just stupid well, though, because you're still handling the product as yeah. a cultivator. Yeah, yeah. but I'm still I would, selling it just like a retailer would sell it. Yep. I would I would think that if, if you're a manufacturer, some manufacturers still use it for like medical use, which is a much different kind of system. I would no, think, right? It's, it's actually the medical. same for yeah. adult medical, use bro. and medical. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Mm, yeah. There's stupid, no difference. Bro. That's crazy. <laughs> um, but so your thought process, right, is like this is stupid. And, but you're doing it the right way. But there's so many people out there that are like, this is stupid. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing it. Yeah. And then, you know, you see a tax return and they've got their revenue and then all their expenses are in cost of goods sold and they're filing their taxes this way. And they're like, oh, no one's saying anything. Like, I'm going to keep doing it this way. Like, mm -mm, that's going to come back to you. And then you're going to have millions of dollars that you owe to the IRS. Well, is that one of the biggest trends that you're seeing in the industry? Of people doing it wrong? Yeah. Yeah, we see that a lot. That's, okay, wow. We yeah. see them taking tax positions that they just, they mm. can't do. And it's going to come back to, come back to bite them at some point. Wow. Is there any other trends that you see within the industry when it comes to cannabis? Yeah, I mean, really, like, the M&A transactions are huge. Mm. The legislation piece is huge. You know, that's that's what everybody's looking for right now. Um, 
And then, you know, all the, the cash, all the inventory controls, those are really the biggest pieces. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a retail store. So you're, you're operating the same as any other company on, on most things, but it's, you know, it's your inventory, your cash. Those are the big ones that are differentiating. And then the taxes, the taxes are huge. Mm, yeah, that's crazy. That's why you hear 280E everywhere. <laughs> so question, question for you. Um, QuickBooks. Yeah. <laughs> what is their what is their feel on, on cannabis? So QuickBooks is I mean most companies are using QuickBooks. QuickBooks There's yeah. some giant companies that are using QuickBooks still because mm. it's changing now, but before most of the big um, financial reporting systems wouldn't allow cannabis to they wouldn't work with cannabis. Mm. So everybody was using QuickBooks because they were getting away with it on QuickBooks. And I don't know what QuickBooks personal take is on it or mm. if they're just, you know, kind of flying under the radar. Um, but so everybody uses QuickBooks. Right. I personally hate QuickBooks. It's Why? so it's, what do you use? It's, um, I mean QuickBooks is fine. It gets mm. the job done, but it just doesn't have enough like as you keep growing, it doesn't have enough of the capabilities really? to keep getting you where you need to be. Interesting. Yeah. So we were advised that if using QuickBooks not to do certain functions like accept money through it or, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So is that something that you see with clients? Yeah. That they use it for certain functions but not all of it? Yeah, you still need to be careful. Like you don't want, you know, vendors paying you that way. Right. Um, yeah, you have to be definitely careful with, with what the capabilities are of QuickBooks and right. making sure that you're still just kind of doing it kind of using that system but kind of just using it for like that one purpose right, right, like right. just use it for your financials don't use it for anything else so what do you what do you like as a quickbooks it's such a pillar you know what quickbooks is yeah, yeah, yeah. It's such a pillar in like it oh everybody uses quickbooks yeah, yeah, yeah. um so i've seen companies set up quickbooks without a chart of accounts so they'll mm. just have accounts and no like numbers connected to it and mm. for an auditor like that's the worst <laughs> It's terrible. Um, it just takes a lot more work because we've got to assign our own numbers every year, and then you can't track it over you know year over year. Um, it's got limitations in that sometimes you can delete journal entries um, mm. without a, a good audit trail behind it, right. and for an auditor that that scares me. Um, mm. I want to be able to see everything that you've put in and everything you've deleted because mm. sometimes a journal entry has to be deleted. It was like, oh geez, I didn't mean that number, or like it was mm. a fat finger entry, and I didn't mean for that. Mm. But you got to reverse it out. But like QuickBooks has the ability to just delete it, delete it. and then it's like, poof, it's gone. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah. Then they can say whatever they want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yo, I swear, Annie and I just had this conversation like yesterday. Really? <laughs> yeah, about like not giving access to certain things because of that particular instance. Yeah. And I just didn't get it. You validated. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome, Andy. Yeah, for real. Oh um, would you ever look into? From what you've seen of the numbers of in the cannabis industry, would you open a dispensary yourself? I would love to like invest in a in a company, Ooh. but I can't because of independence rules. Like, so if I start mm. investing, um, that takes away. If I'm an investor, I can't be your auditor. I can't work with you. Mm. Markham can't work with you. But you mm. can work with other companies, or mm -hmm. but you just can't work with that company. Yeah. Mm. So we audit a lot of public companies, and every year we get a listing of all of these public companies that I can't buy stock in. Mm. So if we, even if like my California office. Um, audits them, I can't invest in it. Like, I don't touch that audit. I don't know anything about it, but I mm. work for Markham and I can't do it. Mm. There were, uh, we used to do work for the Connecticut lottery and I couldn't even buy a lottery ticket in the wow. state of Connecticut. Mm. I was like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> the difficulties of being a licensed professional. Right? Yeah, <laughs> but I, I would say this though, 
if you did invest in one, I'm pretty sure their their books would be pretty damn good anyway. Oh yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> like you know, what I'm saying? Like, so like right. you can come audit us all day. Who cares? But yeah. that mean, that means that you wouldn't be able to audit other one other companies, right? Yeah, it would it would prohibit me from mm. from doing stuff, and then it would just be kind of a conflict of interest if I right. was to audit somebody else's dispensary. Right. And, mm. yeah. Similar to to a lawyer. Actually, we had a CPA that we worked with maybe two years ago. And he qualified for the equity program. And as soon as he got in, he's like, bro, I'm going after a delivery license. So I just to be clear, like, I can still do your taxes, but I have to let you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, It's exactly. a little shady because it's like, he might try to make yours look a little worse so he can look a little right. better. Yeah, right. okay. yeah right. it, gets, it gets iffy. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I try to stay away from iffy because, you know, right. it, was, yeah, no it wasn't point. easy to get that license. Yeah. And I'm not yeah. putting that on the line. Yeah. <laughs> so I, like, I'm straight and edge. But you would say it is a good industry to invest in from I think what so. you've seen. I mean, it's just, it's growing like crazy. I mean, mm. no pun intended. But, I mean, it really is. And the opportunities are endless of, of where it can go. So, mm. and I think you find the right operator that you have faith in and that you understand their business plan and where they're trying to go and absolutely i think it's a great investment i got a question yeah so we were talking offline about about your kid yeah right so like are you known around town as the the cp cannabis cpa yeah my my son calls me the marijuana lady (laughs) so how are you received by other parents you know, I used to worry about it, um, and now I just don't really care. Mm. I think as you just get older in your life, you stop caring. And, mm. um, like, I used to not wear, like, any, like, cannabis swag or that I've gotten from companies mm. of, that I work with. And now I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'll wear it on the soccer field, mm. you know? I mean, I mean, you are the bud lady. So right? Like, you know, you yeah. So I was like, how can he get mad at you? You just got to own it. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm like, hey. It pays my bills. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, and it's funny. The more you talk to people about it, the more intrigued they are, and the more intrigued they are, and the more they're like, "Oh yeah, I I go there and I get this for this," and Mm. I'm like, "Yeah, you know, (laughs) definitely." Um, so it it it's just part of like reducing the stigma, and that was you know. I hated that because I was like, why am I going to be scared to wear this on the side of the soccer field? That's just feeding into the stigma of it. So yeah, I'll wear it. You want to ask me about it? Sure. We'll talk about it. And yeah, this is what I do for work. Yeah. But it's also a great conversation starter. Like, yeah, yeah. You'd be surprised how many people still have that mindset. Like, even if it's not the stigma behind it, but they're like, oh, I don't want to know. I don't want people to know that like, I associate myself with... You run into that, bro? Um, it's weird because I was just at the gym earlier and I seen one of my friends from like high school and he's like, oh, what are you doing? I'm like, I work for a startup company, like cannabis. And he was like, bro, that's a great space to be in, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, I do see a lot of that, but right. then I also do, like my parents don't use cannabis right. at all. Mm-hmm. They don't, would never, you yeah. know what I'm saying? So I understand their side of it because of what the world was when they were growing up and mm. what they sh- what they said. Like, mm. yeah, mm. people who use cannabis were psychos, you know. To people, I watched a video and they said, like, in the forties or fifties or whatever, like, people who use cannabis were like known as like rapists or like crazy. Right. And it's like that's not even true. And now, nowadays, that everybody who uses cannabis is like a stoner and yeah. is right. lazy and does nothing. But right. it's like right. none of those things are real. Like, right, right. I know people who use cannabis and who. Are, are the smartest people I know in the world who are right. highly yeah. successful every single day. Right. So yeah. it's just, it's funny though. Yes. 
It's gonna take. Yeah, it's gonna yeah. take time. It's yeah. just gonna take a lot more time. It's gonna take people openly talking about it and just reducing that stigma and you mm. know just people accepting that it's it's here. It's here to stay. Mm. You know, it's funny. I actually um, the town I grew up in. They first knocked down um, in Connecticut. So they first knocked down dispensaries and I was like, nope, absolutely not. Mm. Then in this past election, you know, it changed. And now they've decided, and mm. I was like, because I was like, oh my God, you're so stupid. Like, yeah. do you understand the tax revenue that you're right. turning down? And I actually volunteered to the town council. I was like, you want me to come in and talk to you about this? Like, I will, because I, I hate the stigma around it. People are like, mm. oh, there's going to be, you know, theft and robberies, and, and you know, you're going to have hoodlums <laughs> hanging out around. And I'm like, I encourage people, go to a dispensary. Mm. Just go. It's not what you think. This dispensary is cleaner than the package store. Mm. This dispensary is is more well put together and has better security than any liquor store yeah, that's, that's and, out and, there. And it smells think. nicer too. And it smells nicer <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Yeah. yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, so it, it's just going to take time, but yeah. you know that's why I'm I'm so passionate about the industry and especially trying to get of helping with these startups and making sure that they do it right because. I really am concerned that you get a couple new startups in there that don't do it right, and that just knocks it back mm. a few pegs. Like, oh, I told you so. Mm. You know, so it's making sure that the people who are getting into the industry are getting into it for the right reasons, and they're doing it the right way because mm. it's just it all goes together to further the whole industry. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think the um, smoking. I feel like edibles and uh, seltzers and topicals. Helping it become more will help mainstream. it be more mainstream For and sure. less of the stigma because smoking in general people don't like it that much. Right. Mm. But you don't just not everyone just smokes. You know right. what I'm saying? There's so many things you can do with cannabis, and I think that's where it's going to be less of a stigma. Mm. But it's not going to be there until more people know that there's more products. Until the industry makes more products as well because we could mm. be making way more products than we do. Like, mm. Yeah. Mm. So mm. there's 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 that. So I think that's probably where it's probably going to make a change because I'm pretty sure like most people whose parents didn't like it, like we had Harriet Chandler on here and she said her husband used a topical, mm. which is what made her feel more comfortable allowing it to be legal. Right. Mm. And I feel like things like that is what is going to be the change. CBD oils and stuff like that is going to help that. So, yeah, mm. it's huge. You know, and anybody who's got... I mean, anxiety, insomnia, you are so much better off taking, you know, even mm. if it's a CBD, taking that for, you know, insomnia versus popping an Ambien every night. Yeah. And, you know, so people don't realize what they're, you know, putting into their bodies with some of these prescription drugs, and they're way worse mm. than cannabis. But not everybody's there mentally to understand that. Yeah, you, you just made me think about um, the perspective of the unregulated market, because I feel like, Exactly what you just said. Growing the regulated market is going to come from manufactured goods, for sure, as opposed to smoking, you know, traditional. Mm -hmm. um, but then it just made me... You don't have to answer this question fully, but, like, do you know of any cases where, like, someone was just slanging tons of weed, unregulated, unlicensed, and they're like... All right, I need my to set my accounts straight. <laughs> <laughs> Have I haven't come across that, and really? they haven't, or they haven't told me. No. That. <laughs> okay. This is a huge front. Someone yeah. got a laundry mat, and they're just slanging. Yeah, was, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, when I think like even in Connecticut, people have this mindset of like, oh, it's legal. Cool. Let me just right. keep doing what I'm gonna do. Right. Yeah. Like, but what do you mean? I've got to pay a license fee, and you're gonna regulate it, and mm. it's like. 
Yes, that, that's what it means when it goes legal. It doesn't mean you can still just stand on the street corner and sell it and not get arrested. Mm -hmm. Like that's not what this moving of the industry is for. It's about mm. getting regulated product out there. So you're not at risk of like right. fentanyl laced, right, you know, right. you're keeping everybody safer and you know what's in the products that you're selling. And um, so there's still a lot of misconceptions even within legalizing it over what you can do. So I'm sure mm. that happens all the time. Mm, yeah, interesting. You just haven't come across it. Just haven't come across <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. 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 I mean, you talked about like the fentanyl laced, like uh, marijuana and stuff like that. And I honestly think that making it legal is going to help that For because sure. like mm -hmm. I personally wouldn't trust buying anything off the street at the moment as a grown man right now. Right. You know what I'm not saying? even, not even like nugs, not even bud, bro. Nah, I'd be, mm -hmm. I mean, I guess if I really knew the person, right. but like at the end of the day, I don't know where you got it from. I know, bro. And mm -hmm. why wouldn't I just go to a safe place to right. do that? That's like buying yeah. homemade alcohol right. yeah. versus going yeah, to just going to moonshine. Yeah, like, <laughs> On a day-to-day -day basis, like, no, that's okay. So, like, I do think it's, there's a lot of things that we can be, like, that people need to see and we need to create the voice, which is what we're doing right now, so for people to really understand that it's really not what you think. Right. If you, unless you're in it. Like, I'm in, I just been in the industry for four months. Yeah. And I learned way more in the four months than I've probably learned four months in any other job. And I've had many jobs. Like, you oh, know yeah. what I'm saying? So, like. It's a different type of field, and it's mm. it's 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 a lot more safer than what people think. Well, you you were an advocate of cannabis prior to hundred percent. Like yeah, you enjoyed yeah, yeah. cannabis. Um, like same same for you. When did you first? I know you got first introduced. What? And oh no, she was never been introduced. I'm sorry. She no, that's what? no. She never. She's never done it ever. Are you serious? Hundred percent. Yeah, I like the CBDs, but. Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, she, yeah. Is that yeah. what you guys talk about before? Nah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Dude, all right. What? Okay. Okay. I think she said she used like a topical one, so yeah. twice. But yeah, yeah besides I have a bad that, back, so yeah, 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 very healthy, very healthy. Okay. okay. <laughs> Word. Okay. But yes, you were you were an advocate. Yeah, I mean, a lot of my reason for being an advocate is because, I mean. I'm from a, I'm from this area, and I've known that there's been a lot of arrests for minimal things, you mm -hmm. know, and not just cannabis, but just things in general. And me seeing that, and me really understanding that, really was like, all right, let me see what this industry has to offer because I've heard so many positive things. I had a friend from California; he works for I'm not gonna say the company, mm -hmm. but he works for okay, I'll say it. he works for the company. <laughs> that, he works the the company that bought um, Leaf Logics. Oh, he works oh, with Dutchie, yeah, yeah. right? And, I love that story. Yeah, yeah and he, you know, kind of like he talked to me a little bit about it. This was like a couple years ago. He worked for a different company before they went public as well, and he was telling me like, "Yo, bro, there's a lot of money in this. This industry is growing rapidly." And he kind of showed me like, he's he's a very mm. well functioning person. I'm like, all right, there's no way that you're doing this, and it's like something crazy or something mm. bad. So I'm like, all right, you know what? Let me see and. I was in college, like, mm. we all see cannabis every single day. Right. So when, when I came, we talked to you, and we kind of saw where you were going through. And, I mean, granted, there was no walls in here when we first came <laughs> yeah. in here. But I could see the vision. I could close my eyes and see the yeah. vision. So once I saw that, I was like, all right, like, it makes sense. It's not what people think. And just with education, it's mm. really going to help, for yeah. sure. Yeah, it's, mm -hmm. it's just educating and people letting their guard down enough to, like, open up to another mindset. I mean, that, that, 
that could speak to so many things in life, right? Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. like opening your eyes of like, okay, this is what I always thought. Maybe it's not actually that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe I could look at it from a different way. Yeah. You know, and if people could do that with cannabis and so many other pieces of their life, I, I mean, mm-hmm. things would just be different. But mm-hmm. I truly believe it's just going to take time. It's going to take evolving generations mm-hmm. um, to cut down some of those those stigmas. Yeah, yeah. Got to let them die off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't want to say it, but yeah. Because <laughs> sometimes it's like you don't want to waste time yeah. explaining yourself to it. Yeah. It's like, you know what, just continue to think that way. Okay? Yeah. 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 Eventually they will expire, okay? One way or another. To better places to our, our concern should be about teaching the, the youth the truth. You yeah. know what I mean? If yeah. someone's being super stubborn and it's like, you know, go ahead and continue to think that way. I'm not going to waste my time. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, exactly. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's good. I, I'm I, honestly, I'm happy that you came to talk to us today because someone with your position helps the stigma, right? Because yeah. I mean, like, we can go all day screaming, "Hey, it's great," <laughs> but they think we want their money, right? She, she's a licensed professional. <laughs> you know what I'm right. saying? Like, you're like, got credibility. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and you see our records, you know that we're not freaking killing people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, and we're not gateweighing them. You know right. What I'm saying? So, yeah, it's, I'm very happy that you came to, especially talk to us about this, and we Absolutely. learned a lot too. Like, I there's so much stuff I don't know yeah, about this so industry. Thanks so much for having Absolutely. me. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. clap it up for yeah, me. Yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. She'll be around for sure. Right. Sure. Once I figure out what I'm going to do in this industry, the first person I'm going to call is you. Yeah. So my financial records are good because yeah. I'm good with marketing Perfect. and stuff. Money is just. It's I'll help you. I'll work my way there. Yeah, we're going to get there. So thank you so much. Um, did you have anything else? No, I think that's great. And like I said, we'll, we'll look forward to having you back for sure. Thank you. All right. All right. Love All right. to. Yeah. Take it to New Heights. This has been Infused Influence. I'm Ulysses Youngblood here with Harry D.